This is episode three with Mason Hall. I just want to say thank you for this first full week of the Loaded Bases podcast. So far, it has been amazing, and I really am truly thankful for every single one of you listeners who have downloaded my episodes, shared them, etc. So since the beginning of this journey, due to it being the quarantine time with COVID, uh, I have been monitoring Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the above, and I've been seeing a lot more posts from major league players, minor league players, coaches, etc. about their hobbies and even trying new hobbies. With that being said, what happens when you love your hobbies the same as you love your career? My next guest was drafted by the Cubs in 2015, and then he went through the minor league system. And one day, he decided to do a freestyle rap in the clubhouse. And that video blew up overnight. And from that moment, even I remember when that video came out, I thought this guy had amazing talent. So with having two different hobbies and loves, what do you do? Loaded bases. Got John Williamson, a.k.a. Swilson. How's it going? Good man, going going well right now. Um, I know we both just got done with long days. I uh, today, let's see. I had a little bit of law school, and I, I work part time as well. So I just got done with that, and um, so yeah. Oh, so you're a law student as well? Yeah. So I'm I'm in law school right now. I'm working part time as an attorney. Um, and when I got done with baseball, I, I kept coaching. I give lessons on the side and stuff like that. But um, trying to get back in through baseball, maybe through the legal side as an agent or representing mm-hmm. players. So, I mean, that's kind of the goal. And say, so, cause your path to where you are now is not the path that people take. So how did you get to where you are today? Your so story. That's, that's, that's a great question, man. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, um, obviously played little league baseball from, you know, the age of five or six, um, went to Lamar high school, and I would say I was a pretty good player up until high school, but nothing, definitely not, you know, the best in Little League um, or the best in, in my area. Um, hit puberty in high school and started throwing a little bit harder and got a little mm. power. Um, and back then we were using BESR bats. Yeah. A little bit different than the, the BB core today. Those were the, so they switched to a BB core my senior year. So that was, that was so sad. That sucked. Yeah. Senior year in high school? Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I must be a year older because my first year of college was the first year of BB Corps. Um, so, I, so when I try to tell people my story or my background, I always point to that because so my sophomore year at high school, I hit like two home runs. I did okay. Um, really started working out, working on my swing, you know, hitting all the time. And my junior year um, ended up hitting a lot of home runs and started getting recruited by schools um, kind of as a power hitter, which is funny because the rest of my career, I ended up being a pitcher. And I think a big yeah. reason why were those bats. And so I, like I said, big power hitter in high school, um, never picked up a BB core. And I remember going in, I got recruited by rice, committed to rice and going into that my freshman year, one of my friends asked me, he's like, Hey, have you ever used a BB core? Cause you're going to have to use it next year. And I was like, Oh no, I'm good. Don't like, don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Like, and I remember my first BP just hitting like 300 foot fly balls yep. and being it's like, a big what? Difference. yeah. And I was like, what in the world? And I was just so shocked and like demoralized. I was like, I swear I used to be a power hitter. And then next thing I knew I was just, especially when you, when you move your swing that way where you're like, Oh, I'm going to be a pull hitter. I'm going to try to hit it out. Well, with BB core, especially those newer BB cores, as you know, they, they, they sucked. So. Yeah. <laughs> you were drafted by the Cubs. How was that experience? Yeah, man. So that's, that's a whole nother, you know, fast forward another four years. When I originally went to Rice, like I said, I was an outfielder. Funny enough, a power hitting outfielder, even though maybe I really wasn't is because of those trampoline bats. But went, went as an outfielder, <laughs> didn't really play much my first year. Um, played a little bit but as a sophomore, but not really. Um, and came to my junior year, and obviously that's, you know, draft year, you're thinking – yeah, this is the time to get drafted. And at that time, mm-hmm. I, I, I was just an outfielder. Um, I pitched on the side a little bit, but just as an outfielder and ended up having a bad junior year. I was not, uh, only played half the season just because I was hitting so bad. Um, and following that year, I realized 
that as a lefty and having three years kind of struggling at the plate, my only path forward was going to be as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so that summer I went out to Santa Barbara, California, fast forward the whole season, kind of learned how to pitch a little bit. Um, and that next June, obviously, you know, walked into draft meetings um, before that draft. And I, you know, kind of told her I was a senior, um, had a little bit of a record as a pitcher, but I was like, I just want an opportunity. Um, and I, the Cubs were, uh, I was lucky enough to talk to the Cubs um, and they liked that. They didn't have a whole lot of left-handed pitching in their uh, organization at the time. Um, so they drafted me and uh, that that's originally how it started. But um, mm-hmm. then I played for them for three years. Yeah. So how was that uh, being in that organization? Well, because me as a Cubs fan, I want to know. Yeah, man. No, it's it's unbelievable. I, I, I wish I had another experience to compare it to, to play with mm-hmm. the other, other 29 teams. But it was so incredible. When they take you on, you're a minor leaguer. A lot of teams treat you like a minor leaguer. Uh, the Cubs don't. They, I'm not just saying this. They, they spend a, a ton of time, money, resources into minor league development. Um, yeah. whether that's on the coaching side or the mental health side or the nutrition side, strength and conditioning, all that stuff, they pour a ton of resources into that. Um, and so, I mean, it, so helpful. Um, having said that I'm, at the same time, I'm, you know, a slight critiquer of the minor league system because I talk about it all the time on Twitter, but it's, it really is a rough system. Even if you're playing yes. for somebody like the Cubs, I mean, I couldn't imagine going to a small market team. Cause like I said, with the Cubs, we got yep. nutritionists, we got strength and conditioning. You actually tweeted great... about this today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started, that. I started tweeting back and forth with Kevin Euclid, who I met when I was with the Cubs. Um, and we kind of got into a back and forth. Not really. I mean, I, I know him and I'm friends with him. So it wasn't uh, friends is probably a strong word, but I, I've met him. Um, and we got into a little debate about small market versus big market. And so what I said is that you, you want to get drafted by a small market team because they have larger incentives to kind of develop players. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like the Cubs, uh, or let's, let's say the Yankees is probably a better example. I mean, why are they going to develop somebody when they can just go buy them or trade for them? Yeah, correct. Um, so having said that, I, I, I absolutely love the Cubs. Um, but it was, just, it, it was tough to make the big league squad because as you know, I mean, the year that I was there, we yeah. won the World Series, um, and I mean that team was stacked. Um, the bullpen was stacked. out, right? Insane. Um, if anything, maybe the, the bullpen might have been that weak spot. But if you're a position player, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way up, <laughs> which is good. That I mean, that's why it's such an incredible organization. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to what I said, I was talking to Euclid about it, but um, I think what I meant is that there's no better team to play for than let's say, you know, our couple teams, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, uh, Dodgers, all those big market teams, there's no better team to play for. But unfortunately all of those teams, it's, it's, those are the hardest ones to make the club. Um, and I guess it makes it that much more worth it. If you, if you do get a chance to play at Wrigley, um, but it, it was tough just like looking around, not only at the big league guys, but at the time we had, I think we were like top five minor league organizations. Mm-hmm. And that's when we traded away uh, Glaber. And oh, oh yeah, somebody. for Chapman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that. Oh, man, that was – I mean, to look back at that, it was – I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad, personally. I'm glad. No, yeah, same here. I think, I think it was worth it. But that would be an example of, you know, instead of developing guys – I mean, they ha- they're trying to win at yeah. that point. And so it's like, okay, who, what minor league talent can we trade away to win right now? Um, and they could afford to do that. Whereas if yeah. you're the Baltimore Orioles, you can't trade Glaber Torres away. No, you, you have to keep him <laughs> yeah, all yeah. throughout. Yeah, without a doubt. And so not to go too far into that, but it's funny because I'm a ride or die Cubs fan. I'm from Houston, but honestly root for the Cubs stronger than the Astros. Um, but at the same time, I, I do critique minor league baseball, not yeah. the Cubs minor league baseball, but minor league baseball in general, just because it's, I, I got out, I, I played three years of it, but I know plenty of guys that played eight and, and never made it and never, you know, saved some money. So I, I really do see both sides of it. Yeah, I, uh, I can definitely understand like what you're saying. Cause so I did a uh, interview with, uh, I guess a few other 
minor league guys like who played in the past and yeah. they say it's it's not i mean i mean like well the pay is not fair like it's it's just it's unreal like it's was well, like because there was uh there's an article that I, that I read it was uh it was about like the average salaries like between the minors and the majors it was it was like forty five hundred dollars for like for the minors and four million for the majors insane and then like because i talked to this uh a, a minor league coach today so he was saying that he was excited that like the big squad gets to go play but what about the minor league guys yeah so i was i was literally just talking about this with some of my ex rice teammates um how there's a 60-man roster now um which is sweet and that's kind of what spurred my tweet is what's saying play for a small market team because guess what if you're playing for a small market team there's a good chance the opportunity that yeah yeah they yeah. might put you on that 60-man um but, or, or you have a better chance of just making it in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so I think it's the 60 man roster and then it's like 28 active people on the MLB roster, but I, most organizations, um, and the numbers are changing now. So these aren't exact, but most organizations have between, you know, 150 and 200 guys. So you're talking about a hundred guys that mm-hmm. not only aren't making the big league squad, that, that's, you know, that's fine but what are they going to do for the next six months? You know I mean? Yeah. They've been training every day and now it's like, okay, our season's canceled. We'll see you next, you know, uh, what next March. So yeah. I mean, that's, it's crazy. So like, that's the part like where me as a fan, I get uh, frustrated like with like other people who say that they're fans, they don't really understand that baseball players don't make all of them don't make millions of dollars. Yeah. Dude. And I think that's a common misconception. I got like, oh, very, very, <laughs> I see it on Twitter all the time. And I like, I remember, so last year, Kyler Murray got drafted, obviously yeah, um, football and baseball. And I immediately came out and I was like, he better take, or if he gets drafted in the first round, I would take the football money. And like, I had a ton of people just like start tweeting at me immediately. And we're like, look at these baseball contracts. Look what Trout's making. Look what Harper's making. It's like, well, yeah, but they took, they had to play so many years just to get there. And and you cannot compare Kyler Murray baseball wise to Mike Trout. Right. No, no way. Yeah, dude. I, and I, I completely agree. And I was just like, y'all, y'all aren't seeing what Trout's even a bad example in Harper too, because they, they moved through the minors so fast, but let's say the average minor league career is yeah. if I had to guess, you know, three to five years. I mean, so that's three to five years of no money. Yeah. And like you said, 4,500 bucks or however much you're making. That's higher than minimum five, wage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing. You're, li- you're living in minimum wage. Yeah. yeah, you're living in poverty. And so if I'm Kyler Murray, whether he was going to be better at baseball or not, which like you said, that's a great – I didn't even think about this. The better point to make is he's not going to be Mike Trout. Like no. even even if he's a run-in-the-mill, you know, MLB player, he's going to make more money with football because it's yeah. all going to be guar- – not guaranteed, but it's going to be up front. And let's say he gets 10 mil. To make 10 mil in baseball, he's got to play for six years – go through all that arbitration and, and then sign that deal. If he gets hurt, he's done. Yeah. If, uh, if he has a bad season, which as you know, as a baseball player hitting, you can easily have a bad season that puts yep. you in a slump. I don't think people see, like you said, I don't think the common fan sees the behind the scenes of how they see Mike Trout and they go, Oh, baseball money. And it's like, no, the, the average baseball player isn't making anything. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's also a lot more behind like Mike Trout's just on the field. There's, yeah. he brings, he, he packs out stadiums just because he's Mike Trout. Yeah. And, absolutely. and they recognize that. Yeah. I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. I mean, because I want to like inform people that, I mean, like the baseball isn't just like everyone's making money and like that, like the back and forth, like with the owners and the players, like let's say yeah. like this past few months, there's way more to it than just that. Yeah, no, that's, I appreciate it. That's, I mean, that's a big reason I came on. I like, I like people that, that know what they're talking about, but that are also curious. Like, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. And so I like, you know, every day when I'm reading about these going back and forth with contract negotiations and they're trying to figure out the season, I'm curious too, because it's, it's not as simple as people make it. No, no Um, way. You know, the, the whole system isn't and baseball in general isn't, it's not just, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those sports that, is kind of underreported on because some people outside of baseball, people may not think it's as interesting, yeah. um, but it's, it's insane how complex all the issues are from, you know, hitting a 90 mile per hour fastball yeah. um, 
but to making it through the minor leagues, you know what I mean? Um, and sustaining a career. It's, it's, it, it really is crazy. And I don't think a lot of people know about it aside from the, the baseball community that actually cares and reads and, and is involved with it. I mean, there, it's just the last thing in the whole process is just the players on the field. There's yeah. so much more behind that. And that's, and that's like one of the things I really enjoy about it. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it too. Like I know that I listened to a uh, podcast on, on Barstool called Pardon My Take and they talk oh, yep, about, yep. So do I. They, they always talk about uh, football guys. Um, and I, I almost want to coin the term baseball guy because it's the same thing where, you know, you either kind of, you have it or you don't, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, you can either talk about it and, and, and like be informed or you're the Twitter troll that's like, <laughs> just, just go play or, you know what I mean? Like that has no idea what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I would love to be considered like a baseball guy. Well, I consider you a baseball guy. I mean, like, cause I played, uh, in college injuries set in. So then I had to hang it up. So then after I stopped playing, it was kind of, I see it as like a positive thing because then now I can learn more about the game. Yeah. I, I I could completely agree. Um, I think the majority of stuff of everything I learned about baseball really happened after I was done. And it was, you know, obviously that's a sad day and, and, it still makes me sad or angry to this day, but then you can see things from a new light um, and you can look at it where you're not wrapped up in it. You can look at it, you know, with a bird's eye view. Yep. Where you're like, okay. This is how this works or, or you just have a newfound appreciation for it. Whereas when you're playing every day, you just kind of show up and you do it. Um, yeah. So I, I think there is a saving grace of when you're done, you, you definitely view it a little differently. Well, say, cause you also had a second side passion while you were playing as well. <laughs> yeah so that kind of a long story not to make it too long-winded but uh in high school I started you know rapping mostly honestly on our like high school bus or going yeah. to a game and you'd freestyle before a game or something there's always that one kid on the bus yeah <laughs> I, unfortunately that one kid was me <laughs> but hey, no it, it pays off well funny enough it, it worked out obviously I would I would catch crap for it you know back then where it's like okay okay you don't want to be that guy but we would always you know freestyle on the back of the bus um, when I got to Rice, I started making some, you know, YouTube videos of songs and doing remixes and stuff. And that was like around the time of like Macklemore and I forgot who else was around, yeah. but I would, I would take some of those beats, like the thrift shop beat and stuff, freestyle over it and then post it on YouTube. And they would get like a hundred views, maybe like a thousand views. Um, and I remember when I was like filling out applications for getting drafted to all these teams, I made sure to like not put that. So that, <laughs> like look at my youtube yeah it's like a resume i got a thousand views on a video yeah yeah check exactly. that out yeah exactly so I, I would try to like either hide it or sometimes when i knew so the scout that the, the cub scout that actually drafted me uh before i got drafted was like hey this is really cool i actually like this and so like to him obviously i would like kind of pitch it and talk about it um but for the most part try to keep it under wraps mm. uh, and at that time i i for no other reason, everyone always asked me why I picked the name Swilson. And it was only because someone on, our, on my team was like, just would always pick nicknames for people. And for some reason, he said that for no real reason. <laughs> and I, so I was like, Oh, that's just far enough away from my name that I could post on YouTube and no one would know who I am. Yeah. Um, so, so I kind of did that. Anyways, like I said, hundred thousand views, maybe. And first year I went through still making videos, you know, still, uh, while I was pitching, but I was pitching so bad that I was like, okay, I probably need to chill out on this music. <laughs> I don't want the Cubs to think I'm like a rapper. Uh, it's, I'm a rapper it, kind of baseball player now. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm a rapper with a 10 ERA. Like I'm definitely gonna get cut. <laughs> I came back the next year and, uh, one of the coordinators, uh, Darnell McDonald, who helped with our mental training and stuff and helped with a lot of big leaguer guys. And he's a former big leaguer himself. He, uh, he came up to me. He's like, Hey dude, I heard you freestyle, you know, let's, let's throw on a Drake beat. And how about you freestyle about, uh, the Cubs about to win the world series and I'll send it to the big league guys. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I'll send it to Chris Bryan, Rizzo, all those guys. And I was obviously nervous, but I was like, yeah. Uh, it's I, I mean I guess like if it's bad obviously he's not gonna send it to him um and so they put on in the in the clubhouse in a ball like zero to a hundred by drake like the beat 
And he's like, yeah, just uh, rap about big league guys. And so I randomly did a freestyle, like an actual freestyle. And I always tell people this, like, was not planned. I'd made a hundred planned songs in my life and they were all terrible. <laughs> and so I ended up freestyling. I said like 108 year curse, you know, we're going to win the world series. You put it all in there. Yeah. All that stuff. I don't even know. And I didn't even post it. Like, this is how crazy it was. I, I posted YouTube videos. Of course I wanted to be a rapper, all this stuff and never happened. And I didn't even post it. And I went to bed that night and he posted it on his Instagram. And I don't know how many followers he had, but you know, not, not a huge amount. And the next day, like my Instagram just started blowing up, like 10,000 new followers, 20,000 new followers. No shit. Yeah. And it's like, and obviously the majority of them were Chicago people like going yeah. nuts and like CBS picked it up. Bleacher Report picked That's it up. That's crazy. Uh, Barstool picked it up and like overnight gained like 30,000 followers. And I was like, what? This is, this is nuts. Um, and it, it, it all started blowing up and then like people started reaching out to me for stuff like Travis Matthew sent me some hats and like shirts and people started asking me for paid Instagram posts and damn you know, all this stuff I took over Bleacher Reports Snapchat for a day like right when this happened <laughs> and I'm like I'm still in low A and I can't remember if I was pitching well at that time but I had the same thought where I was like this is kind of sketchy because I don't want the Cubs to think I'm a rapper yeah, and not a pitcher. So it's, it's, it's actually kind of the Cubs fault. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I, it, it was like, I wasn't in this case, I wasn't the person. So it's funny that it happened that way. Yeah. Damn. I've seen that video. I yeah. Yeah. I, that, oh man, that is wild. It, it is wild. And so what happened was funny enough so I start blowing up and I'm like, okay, I guess I need to monetize this. Like, I guess I need to try to make some money. Yeah, might um, as well. Yeah. And so what, this is the funniest part is that, that, so I get like 30,000 followers overnight and I'm like, okay, I guess I need to post another video. But at the time I can't remember whatever my ERA was, but I wasn't pitching great. And I was like, okay, I can only post a good, uh, or I can only post a video after a good outing. So it doesn't look you know, terrible. Yeah. So like I waited till my next good outing and I, you know, grabbed one of my friends on the team, Justin Steele, funny enough, who he's on the 60 man of the Cubs and, and could break with the team or, or could make it. But, uh, I was like, Hey, will you come, uh, videotape me in my car? And it was like kind of awkward, but we like did a 30 second freestyle again. And then next thing I know that had like 50,000, uh, Damn. View. and then like, and then all the, my past stuff started getting a lot of views. And so that whole season, I would wait until games that I pitched well to post. If it works. Yeah. That's all. That is the baseball in you right there. Like the superstition. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I did that for a whole year and ended up having like an unbelievable low A season, like better than I thought I I could do for sure. Finished still doing music, doing a lot of music. Mm -hmm. And that off season did a ton of music. And it all kept like blowing up and doing really well. Um, but I was like, okay, maybe I need to slow this down a little bit and try to make it like, obviously I, I, I want to focus on baseball, not music. Mm. And then before I came into my last spring training, I kind of hurt my shoulder and, but I didn't tell the Cubs. And so I got a cortisone shot and showed up to camp. And I remember them the first day, they're like, Hey, we're going to try to throw you in a big league spring training game. And like, obviously I get real nervous. I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. But I like start to get nervous. I'm like, Oh my God, this is gonna be nuts. Like, even Cubs spring training games are packed in Mesa yeah. at, at that park there. I mean, m- most other teams, it's like, okay, they might. What year was that? So that's, that's 2017. The most packed spring yeah, training yeah. there is. Every, yeah, everyone's freaking out. And I'm like getting kind of nervous. Like the year before South Bend had a ton of people, but anyways, I mean, you're pitching in a big league game on ESPN. Yep. Um, nerves didn't really matter at that point, but I was like, Oh damn, this is the real deal. Like I have a chance to make it obviously. And so I was trying to break with either high A or, or double A that year. And my velocity was just way down. I was throwing like 85 miles an hour um, that spring training and, and did okay, but I wasn't throwing very hard. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up not putting me in a game or they put me in obviously, you know, high A and double A uh, scrimmages, uh, but not the big league games. And I got to the end of that uh, spring training and they kind of pulled me aside and they said, Hey, we're not going to take you uh, to high A. And I, I looking back, this is probably my biggest regret. I didn't handle it very well. Cause I was, you know, my response was, Hey, I just, 
is this because of music? And like, no, it's not because of music. It's just because, uh, you know, your velocity is down. We need to rebuild your arm. And I kind of took it in a bad way. And I was like, this, this seems like it's because of music because I did well. I know I'm not throwing hard, but mm-hmm. you know, I did really well um, and kind of got upset. And I was like, hey, why would, you know, I had such a great year. Why are y'all holding me back? And I don't think that was well received on their end. Because yeah. as you know, at any level of baseball, that's as a player. You, you Yeah, you just got to just just nod your head and go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's something I regret to this day. I wish I would have just said, yes, sir. And then, you know, grinded, but I didn't. And I, I you know, I got upset. Uh, and so two weeks later, I, you know, got my velocity back up. And so they shipped me out. Uh, funny enough, this is a good Cub story, actually. This is, this is a good Cub story. So, cause one of my last outings. So I stayed two weeks into the extended spring training. They tell me at like, 8 p.m. that I'm going to Myrtle Beach the next day <laughs> and I have like a, a 6 a.m. flight or something because they always like to because the, they're booking last minute flights these flights are expensive and so yeah. the theory is they always book you on like red eyes so that they can save a couple of bucks um, and also so you can get there early as opposed to like get there at game time yeah take some so, rest in yeah yeah exactly so tell me at 8 p.m. and so obviously now I have butterflies in my stomach I'm not going to sleep anyway yeah. Um, so they have someone come pick me up at the hotel at like 4 a.m. or whatever. And I go to the Mesa airport and end up flying out. So I fly out on like two or three hours of sleep, which is this isn't a, a you know, a whiny story because most minor leaguers do that. If you're getting yeah. promoted or, or demoted, you're going on the spot. Yeah, you're going on the spot. You're grabbing your bags and you're like, wait, what? And then all of a sudden you're in a different city. Um, and so they fly me out. And I remember getting there and they didn't even really have a jersey for me. They end up giving me a jersey everybody else has their name on the back. I have like a big white patch and it's like a, a medium Jersey. And I remember getting there and they're like, okay, like you're on the roster, but obviously you're probably not going to pitch. We know that you've had a, you know, a long day, a long night. Um, just be ready to go tomorrow. Well, that night, I don't remember what happened, but you know, our starter gets into trouble. The relievers get into trouble. It gets into like kind of a late game and we bring in, uh, you know, Dylan Maples. Yep. Yep. So I, I played with Dylan, you know, two or that was my second year playing with him. Best stuff I've ever seen in my life. Just like absolute freakish stuff, best fastball and best breaking ball I've ever it's seen. Filthy. Yeah. But he, he, but his, his whole time he, uh, with the Cubs before I was there, um, had battled some injuries, mm-hmm. um, and then just had bad luck, you know, like a Texas leaguer and then a walk and then, you know, gets pinched on the next pitch and then hits a guy. And then next thing you know, has a five ERA. You're in a bad situation really yeah. quick in baseball. Yeah. yeah. And so he's, he stuck around in the Cubs organization for a long time before he ended up making it, but, you know, really struggled. And in one interview, he was like, I was close to quitting just because things weren't going my way, whether it was an injury or whether it was a lucky blue pit mm. followed by, you know, three walks. And you're like, how did this happen? Like I was one pitch away and now I'm out. So anyway, so he's pitching and uh, same exact thing happens. Like, I think he had been minors for like five years, you know, on the brink of just the breaking point of any baseball player where like, this isn't worth it, man. This yeah. is same thing happens. I can't remember, like, I want to say a blue pit and then he hits a guy and then we make an error and then another blue pit and he's the last relief me. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to have to pitch tonight. Not only am I nervous, not only am I kind of mad at the Cubs in general. You're tired, all of yeah, the I'm, above. I'm, I'm tired. D, like all of the above. And, yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm kind of nervous because I'm like, Dylan's my friend, and I want to do well for him. And I know mm-hmm. that he's so close to that breaking point of just getting unlucky in baseball where he's like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. And so they tell me to get hot. <laughs> and so I start throwing, and I'm just like so wild in the bullpen. Just, just everything's terrible. And I'm like, okay, I'm – I'm definitely going to come in this game and blow it. And anyways, coming to the game, bases loaded, one out. And I can't remember how many runs or if any runs he had given up. Um, But end up throwing like two high sliders that are not nowhere close. And the catcher comes out and he's like, what do you you want to throw right here? Obviously fastball. And I was like, I guess let's just, you know, throw another slider. Anyways, throw throw a slider, break uh, break the guy's bat, double play, we get out of it. Um, And – for two reasons, I was pumped. One, I just got promoted. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to stick around here. Uh, and, 
but the second reason I was pumped, I was like, I got maples out of a jam. Like yep. he has the best you stuff in our bullpen. saved him. Right. Runs. Right. I saved, I saved him at least three runs. I can't remember if he had give up, given up any, um, but I was, I was pumped for him and I was pumped for my career. Mm. Um, to fast forward, why this is a cool story is fast forward, you know, two outings later, I get cut. That was, you know, traumatic. Um, and, you know, worst moment of my career. Mm. But I think in that September, he made his debut. And I always like looked back and I was like, that's, it was amazing because who know, like, as you know, as a baseball player, when you go into a slump, it just snowballs out of control. And it's, yep. it's that same way in pitching. It's bad. Right, right. It I mean, screws in the head, man. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it goes into the next outing or goes into the next at bat. And so I remember thinking like when he made his debut, I was just like so pumped, even though that I'm sitting on a couch and he's in the big league game that I was like, what if, you know, I give up a bomb there, he wears three earned runs and he goes into a pitching slump. Instead, he gets out of that three runs, you know, saved and he dominates that year, ends up making the big league squad, probably going to pitch in the bigs again this year, has arguably the best stuff in the major leagues. He just needed a little bit of luck. Um, and it, it wasn't my skill. It just yeah. happened. I broke a guy's bat. If anything, that was lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just you, shows you like one pitch. See, that's, that's another beauty of baseball. I mean, it, like, yes, it is a team sport, a individual sport as well, but you're there like for each other. I mean, cause you can take that all through life. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. No, it's cool. Sorry for such a long story. But oh, like, no, I, dude. I always, try to, I always try to tell people that. And I'm, it's not, I'm so excited I heard that, honestly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not from a spot of like, oh, I think that I'm the reason he made it. I think it's the opposite. I was like, we, everybody on the two teams I played with him on was like, you have the best stuff. Like, you could go pitch. Like, his scouting reports, I remember like our coaches would write him after the game because you want to give them – they would write up like how we did that night and give mm-hmm. them to the – uh, you know, coordinators to, to show, okay, Williamson, you know, you did through this hard tonight. And so that the uppers, you know, Theo and all those guys, they can know see how like, like the progressions. Well, every time. Yeah. 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 Every time Maples would pitch, whether he did well or not, it's like the pitching coaches would say could have pitched in major leagues tonight. But like some nights he'd give up four, like I said, just on like two bloops, a walk, you know, in a double and an error. And so I just, I think it's cool that like, who knows what would have happened. Yep. You know, I cash in his three runs, his next outing, the next guy cashes in his three runs and he's like, screw this. And you know, who knows what happens. So when you're hot, you're hot in baseball. And when you're not, you're. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's so true. And I think you can flip it on, on its head hitting wise too. Is like, we all know those oh, guys yeah. that, get, that get lucky and those guys end up being good because like let's say me and you go up there and you have a good at bat you end up striking out you're pissed off and I go up there and I bloop one over shortstop and I'm one for one we both go into that second at bat with such different mindset yes you're like oh I need this hit I need this hit I can't get benched or like or whatever your mindset is and I go in I'm like all right I already got a hit today like let's go and then I get another hit because I'm feeling good and you're pressing and now you're 0 for 2 and I'm 2 for 2 because of some stupid little blooper. It's, I'm, oh yeah, because it's also like the same thing. Like if you went 0 for 3, but you have three line drives right, right at someone. Like in the yeah. book, you went 0 for, but you actually did pretty yeah. good tonight. It, and what I would always joke about this, and some guys said I was too pessimistic in the minors, but in the moment, so, so obviously you're going to look at the end of the year stats. You're going to go, okay, what did he hit in double A or whatever? Mm hmm. Well, in the moment, you're exactly right. If you go 0 for 3 with three lineouts, your coach is going to go, hey, it's all good, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. I know you went 0 for 3. Or, I mean, I know you had three lineouts. But at the end of the year, it's really hard to quantify. Now, this is why, what Sabermetrics does. But in the minors or in college or in high school, it's really hard, hard to quantify because there's so many at-bats yeah. that no coach is going to remember, oh, he lined out three times that one time. You know what I mean? They're just going to look at that stat at the end of the year and be like, okay, he hit 260. And it's like, well, yeah, but he could have had 15 more hits if, you know, they weren't shifting him or whatever. And so I would always say, like, when that would happen, it's just the worst possible luck because everyone acknowledges you to that that night and it's like, oh, you got unlucky, man. But at the end of the season, no one's going to remember that. 
because yeah. they're going to, they're going to look at the average or whatever and go, Oh, this is your average. And you're like, okay, but that doesn't account for you, this game, you this game, this yeah. game. Yeah. I, I hit bases loaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the center fielder dove out in the gap and caught it. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're the only, that's what's funny. It's like, you're the only one that can remember that. You know, yes. you can go back to any game in your life and you're like, okay, I did that. And if that just dropped and it's like funny, I, because, I have so many situations like in my yeah. head, like where I can explain in detail. I'm like, okay, well this play was bullshit. It's yeah. just, Oh, it's crazy. And, and I bet, I bet your teammates or coach couldn't though. But in the moment they're like, Hey dude, you're good. Don't worry about yeah. it. Hey, like I, I like they acknowledge it, but it should, nobody can remember that stuff. Yep. Um, and so I would always joke about that in the minors when I would have a rough outing and it was because of bad luck. Everyone would be like, Oh dude, it's okay. And I was like, yeah, it's okay tonight. But at the end of the season, when they're tallying yep. up, you know, my ERA or a guy's batting average, it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's why baseball is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's, there's no sport like it, man. I mean, do it's you, a game of failure. Do you take that mentality uh, with you, like when you do music as well? Yeah, man. I, so I, I think, I think baseball and music are similar because in many ways, um, my careers and both of them were similar in that in baseball, I was, like I told you, I was, I was an okay, you know, little league player, decent high school player. And my junior year, I had a tournament at Rice, a doubleheader of select ball. And that day I went four for four, like best day of my life. Rice ends up offering me that night, literally off base on one day, like I had some tools, whatever, but I wasn't some big prospect that threw 95, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I showed out a good day. Potential. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Potential, whatever. But so that one day, you know, changes my life. Well, then I told you about the, the whole, you know, Cubs thing where I flo- I freestyled for 30 seconds, ends up changing my life. Yep. And like both of those things, like you said, you only see the, that microcosm of like a moment, but they had so much hard work and, and BS and crap behind them that you didn't see. You know what I mean? Like staying late in the cage, trying to work on it. And I just get yep. one lucky four for four, get recruited. Uh, make a hundred terrible YouTube songs that, you know, no one ever listened to and then put together a decent, you know, 30 second freestyle. Next thing I know, I'm a rapper. You know what I mean? It was just kind of an overnight thing. Um, And so I do take it with music where it's like, I I work really hard at it um, from the marketing side a little bit um, to a lot into the songwriting. And now I produce stuff. Do you do your own, your own uh, marketing? Yeah. And that's, I'm not very good at it, but um, I can help you on that one. Yeah, man. I, I would love to pick your brain on that because I don't, I don't know enough. I, it was kind of, I do it because I had to, if yeah. I make, there was no other real way. Um, having said that, I, I did one person I did talk to, which would be cool for your podcast, I think um, is the founder of baseball lifestyle one oh one. Um his name's Josh Shapiro, and he talked to me a little bit because he's one of the biggest baseball accounts, if not the biggest baseball account on Instagram. Yeah. And so when I blew up, he posted all my stuff, and I immediately reached out to him, and I was like, hey, man, do you, like, do you mind if I you know, ask you some questions? Like, how can I get posted on your page more? What are you looking for? How do you promote, you know, your, you know, he would sell necklaces. He still sells all this stuff, but hats yeah. and shoes and stuff. And I'm, like, trying to figure out how he made, you know, made a brand of it. Um, but besides that, I, I don't really have, you know, a marketing background. And I think that's a big part of music, or, but also business. And, and as you know, baseball too. I mean, like, cause I see like, like baseball as being like a direct correlation, like with business. Yeah. So, I mean, like, cause that's like how I have my like passion, like with the both. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, it's been a long, long month and a half. Yeah. Like from an idea. But I mean, like, as you were saying, you never know unless you try. Yeah. And I, I think you'll be shocked too. Like what I said, both of those things happened um, because I, I, I worked hard at it, but to be, you know, completely honest, it, there was a lot of luck involved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I freestyled, but let's say I don't get drafted. So this is part of the reason I love the Cubs so much. None of that would have happened with another organization. So you know, yeah, if I go to the definitely. Orioles, and I freestyle about the Orioles big league team and they lose a hundred games. 
I'm still that YouTube guy that's like, oh, like you said, that guy, like, oh, he's, yeah, he's still trying to make it. He's trying to be a YouTube rapper. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm with the Cubs and it blows up. Um, and then same thing with, with baseball is like, I go four for four in front of Rice, but what if, what if there was no scouts there? I go four for four and then and I think that's just five. another day. Yeah. It's just another, just another day. day. Um, and then going back to what we were talking about, how the blooper can turn into two for two. It's like, because Rice was there, now I go four for four. I get offered by them. Now I have a big head. Well, not that a big head's good, but like now I'm confident. I go now. I'm like, oh, I'm this. You know, I'm a big, powerful. You know, you know, left-handed hitter. When in reality, what if I went over four? I'm like, ah, baseball kind of sucks. <laughs> it, and so it's it it really can flip like that. And I think the same thing's true with podcasting. The same thing's true with business. Um, it takes a ton of hard work, but you kind of need that light switch moment or, you know, a sustained path of growth. But I, di- I didn't have that in either one. It, it just kind of happened. I, it's funny because I, so now I coach like a little league team or I help out with two teams. And I give lessons. And I, the first thing I always say to the parent and the kid is I'm a pretty good person to get lessons from, not because I made it, not because yeah. I'm great, not because I know what I'm talking about. But because I didn't, I was like, would you want to take, you know, there's nobody in the world that I, this isn't necessarily true, but pretty true that nobody in the world I'd rather meet than Tiger Woods, but I really wouldn't want to learn golf from him because I don't know if you've ever seen the stuff on Instagram. They're like, Tiger, what do you think about? He's like, I try to swing hard and square it up. And you're like, okay, (laughs) I need a swing thought. Like what? You can't just like yes. walk up and, and hit it out of, or not hit out of the park, but squared up. I'm like, I'm, sh- I'm slicing at 50 yards. Like I need a tip. And he, and some he, of the best people, the best coaches never play the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. With, I, th- I think mo- majority of the coaches I've had, I'm trying to think right now, obviously some of them had baseball experience, but some of them didn't. And it was like, they were the best coach I could have asked for. Yep. Um, just cause I, th- I think it's a little different. But also, I'm not trying to say that the best aren't good coaches. It's just they have such a different viewpoint. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've talked to guys. I remember hitting at Rice, and some of our most talented guys, after they hit a home run, I'm like, what pitch was that? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to square up the ball. And I'm up there, like, trying to analyze. I'm like, okay, is he moving his glove? Like, This is the count. Is yeah. his hand turning? Yeah, yeah. Thinking exactly. too much, and it's like. Oh shit. That was a fastball. Yeah. I was looking yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I always joke that like you want, you don't want the guy that's just so freakishly talented Yep. that, that, you know, Tiger Woods, thought process probably is, I'm just going to hit the crap out of this ball. Well, but he's done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. You can't teach a six year old that though. You know, a six year old yeah. picks up a golf club. You can't be like, all right, just hit it as hard as you can. Like you have to start with some form of basics. So I always joke with these kids. I'm like, I'm the guy that didn't make it. Like I can tell you, I watched the guys that did and I was the one that didn't. So I can tell you both sides of it and and be honest, you know, whereas, you know, athletic freaks, it's like, you know, some guy that just runs a four, three, that's the wrong guy to go learn, you know, wide receiver routes from because he's just a freak. You know what I mean? It's like if you you have Usain Bolt, try and teach you how to run fast like yeah you're like what he's <laughs> you cannot teach that that yeah body you, style no you can't you can't and i mean it's probably the same as mike, mike trout like obviously he'd probably be a good swing coach but it's like dude you're just so much more talented than me that i could make or actually here's a good example is is everybody for my first 12 years of my life i tried to hit like griffey my favorite player of all time I remember my dad telling me to crouch down and like change everything. I was like, no, I'm watching Griffey hit bombs. And so I would go up straight like this every time. Like, and I was not a very good hitter, but I was trying to hit exactly like him. And it it just didn't work because I think every person is a little differently different. And honestly, he's the wrong person to hit. Like he's just so far ahead of everybody else that why would I go, look at him just what athletically should, gifted yeah what i should probably go look at is like the double a guy that's like struggling to make it constantly like jacking with his stance that's like you know what i mean or you can go hit like kevin Euclid. yeah that's that's true too just like hold it like this i used to do <laughs> that like i'd say because i used to try and like hit like him like when i was younger him 
and Gary Sheffield. Really? Yeah. Only because it was just like some crazy yeah. little thing. Yeah. No, I would do the same thing. I think, I mean, one, every swing is different, but two, yeah. like some of those guys that are pulling off those swings, you know, you can't account for their hand-eye coordination or their strength. That's just how they're naturally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I, anyway, so I, I do think like, and this probably expand, expands to outside of athletics too. It's like not every CEO that's, you know, a billionaire might be the best person to learn from because they might've had a string of luck or may, they might just be so gifted or knowledgeable in their field that it's, it's hard for them to relate to the, to the common person. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of want to talk to someone that, that has seen both sides of it. That's successful, but it can also kind of point to specific points and be like, okay, this is how I was successful. Like it didn't just, happen and i think mega athletes are just like they're so good that you know what am i going to learn from tom brady he's just clutch you know like it's just yeah no dude that makes perfect sense so final advice what would you tell a kid that's playing little league right now and they don't want to play baseball but their parents are making them play baseball what do you tell them that's a tough question um i guess i would start out or i would ask them you know why they don't like baseball and I think a common answer is that there's a lot of downtime and the second answer would be there's a lot of failure so I coach a lot of kids and it's tough to deal with that failure you know you go 0 for 3 and it's the worst day of your life and and you have to realize that in baseball 0 for 3 isn't the worst day of your life it's the majority of your life yep you know what I'm saying like 0 for 7 is the majority of your life right there yeah 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 exactly you're gonna go 0 for 3 twice um, and then you're probably gonna go for three, a couple more times and then have a couple hot days. Um, what I will say with baseball, why it's so rewarding and why I would tell the kid to keep playing, uh, assuming he, he truly didn't hate it and he just, you know, disliked it mm-hmm. is that there's no success in baseball. There's no better feeling. You know what I mean? Like you look to other sports and you know, people are scoring 30 points in basketball, uh, Receivers don't always catch touchdowns, but, you know, the majority of the time, quarterbacks are throwing multiple touchdowns in a game. Uh, in baseball, it's just not that way. If you go watch Mike Trout hit, there's a there's a pretty damn good chance that he goes 0 for 3 or 0 for 4. I have actually seen him go 0 for 4 or 4 strikeouts. I have a ticket set from that. James That's, Paxton did it. Really? It was up in Seattle, yeah. Against the lefty, too. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, and that's that's what's common. But I think the beauty of baseball, we kind of already hit on it, is that success is rare. So when when there's no better feeling, you know what I mean? Like if if you're yeah. over three and knock, everything is lifted. You're not thinking like there's no. Uh, I hit one walk off hit when I was at at Rice, and honestly, like I blacked out for like five minutes. Not because it was the, you know the most clutch. Yeah. thing of all time it's just like it's so hard to be successful that those little tiny bouts of success there's no better feeling you know what i mean and that goes for every level of baseball like i'll coach kids that i'm not kidding will go over you know 30 or 40 or however many at bats they get in a little league season not many but if they just get one hit and i'm not even talking about a real hit like i'm talking about the ball dribbles 15 feet to third base and they beat it out it is like they're both their parents are like climbing on the fence. Yeah. The kid is like literally just hands up. He's like, yes, yes. And like, you can't replace that. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, and then, and then going back to your point though, you go to Mike Trout and even him, he's failing three out of 10 times. And so he's getting pumped on those three hits. Like, are you anybody that plays baseball? You're only, if you're hitting 300, you're a hall of famer. But when you're getting each of those hits, you're pumped because the majority of the time, you're getting out. Um, and a lot of times in the bigs, you're getting punched out. So you're looking like an idiot swinging at a curveball in the dirt. Um, anyways, to make a long story short, I would tell them that it's a game of failure and that's why it makes success so much sweeter. Like uh, the best moments in my life, honestly, have probably been home runs, even if they were meaningless. Like seeing a ball go over the fence is like the most satisfying thing in yes. the world. Cause you know that that doesn't happen. Like that's not common. Yeah. Unless, unless you're a freak, but you know what I mean? It goes over the fence. track. Right? There's no better feeling than jogging around these bases. Um, and, and honestly too, I, w- I would also say that it makes failure a little easier to take because it's expected mm-hmm. and you know, you know what I mean? Like 
you throw a pick as a quarterback and you're like, I'm not supposed to do that. Like, unless you're James Winston, then that's, you go 30 that's, for 30. That, that's insane. That I don't even know how, <laughs> I mean, that that's all actually, that reminds me of baseball too. The, uh, Chris Davis starting mm. out, whatever he went for. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, for 50 plus. Yeah, I don't, that, that was wild too. I felt, but every bit you, so this is an example of a baseball guy. If you, when he was going oh for 50 plus, if you were one of those pers- people like absolutely bashing him and saying what an idiot, or if you're like one of the baseball guys that's like secretly feeling for him, like, oh, that sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, th- not that you can't bash him. Like I-, I probably made some jokes, but like, I remember secretly feeling like, oof, like he's like, that's. I knew, <laughs> I knew like what I would feel in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would not, I don't know. I'm no, like, no. but then you know, I'm like, but then you get to a certain point where you're just like, no, screw it. Yeah. It's just, this is my job. Like, and then you look at the positives for it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's getting paid and, and all that stuff. But no, I, I just really felt for him. But to go back, I, I just think that one, the success is sweeter because it doesn't come very often. Two, it helps you deal with failure, which is more of a parent's answer. Like you can tell the parents like, Hey, this is, you know, this will help them deal with adversity when most, most kids don't. Like you're not getting a participation trophy. If you suck, you're walking back to the dugout. Like yep. that's that's just and how everyone's it is. watching you. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, it makes those kids deal with it, and it makes it a little easier. Like when kids strike out and they start crying, and don't get me wrong, I might have been that kid, but I can immediately be like, "Dude, this is baseball. You're gonna strike out." Like Mike yeah. Trout strikes out. You know, unless you're uh, Tony Gwynn, who had like a freakishly low amount of strikeouts, you're gonna it's, strike out. The stats are unreal. Yeah, like you know what I mean, and so. I think it it makes both things better. It makes yeah. hitting a home run that much sweeter and it makes striking out go, okay, I got to take this to the chin and come back better, you know? Um, and that's why I think it's such an awesome game. Huge shout out to John Williamson, AKA Swilson. So go check him out on YouTube, uh, Swilson Music. You can find his music on Spotify, Apple Music, even on his YouTube page as well. And then once again, I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to talk to one of my favorite recording artists. So the takeaway with this is to never give up on your passion. It only takes that one time, that one moment for the world to see you. And now with today's day and age, social media, you could blow up quick overnight. Always a huge thank you to Routine Baseball. For many of my apparel I wear throughout the, throughout the episodes, Routine Baseball has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing tees, and now they are shipping apparel and accessories all across the globe. I am now wearing my long sleeve shirt, Routine Two Seasons. I know you can't see it right now, but I'm trying to figure out how to make this be on video. So if any of my listeners know how to do that, let me know. Oh, and go Cubs.